1: I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic
2: Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer Ted Wynn, Deshaun Reed. We're ready to get you set for the Raiders game on Sunday night with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Of course, that was not the news that dominated the day on Wednesday. It was COVID-19 with the Raiders having to place Trent Brown on the COVID-19 reserve list. And really more concerning even than that. And obviously a couple of days ago on Monday, they placed Damon Arnett on that same list. The real concerning news Wednesday, and we'll kind of see how this develops across the rest of the week is that the Raiders had to send all five of their starting offensive linemen home due to contact tracing. You know, they obviously have all this kind of monitoring cameras, devices on them that track how long and, and how close these guys are in close proximity. And, and certainly an offensive line spends a lot of close time together. And so The Raiders had to practice Wednesday as they get ready for maybe the best front seven in the NFL and the Buccaneers coming to town and not have any of their starting offensive linemen. And you can only imagine what it might look like on Sunday if they don't have any of those guys.
3: Yeah, it was a weird situation. I saw the, obviously the report about Brown came out before practice started, but I was at practice today at the facility and I was just looking around and I was like, Ronnie weird, Rodney Hudson isn't here, Gabe Jackson. It's kind of like, and sometimes, you know, they've had guys where they'll they'll kind of miss practice as a rest day, especially on Wednesday. So it didn't, I guess, really jump out to me as a, what it ended up being. And so obviously Gruden told us after the practice that, you know, he had to send home the entire offensive line as well as safety Jonathan Abram for being in close contact with Brown. And, you know, obviously there's football implications there, but the, the main concern, you know, especially with, Considering you know the size of Brown and some of the other guys on the offensive line, they they fall into that that risk group when you're talking about COVID 19. And so, you know, hopefully it's an isolated you know situation where there's only you know Brown and obviously Arnett who have it, and and hopefully both of those guys are able to uh, you know recover and pull through this thing.
4: Yeah, it's a big night for the Raiders. Look at those results back for the other four linemen plus Jonathan Abram also sent home today. So uh, ideally, they get you know all those guys are tested negative tonight and they come back to practice tomorrow. But if not, then like you said, it could be a really um, a tough week of practice and a really tough matchup on, on Sunday.
1: I'm not super clear on it. I'm sure somebody's going to ask this question too. If you're on a COVID list, is there a minimum time that you have to miss or is it just if you get two negative tests, you can come back?
3: It depends if you're asymptomatic or not. If you're asymptomatic, then you still can't return to the facility until five days have passed since you tested positive. It's not clear whether the test was from, you know, Monday or Tuesday that Brown tested positive, but five days from that. And then he would have to have two negative tests spread out over a 24 hour time period. If he does start to demonstrate symptoms, then he has to be out until 10 days have passed since he started displaying symptoms. So not 10 days from when he tested positive before, whenever, if he does have symptoms, whenever that starts. And then, you know, he'll have to wait until three days after the symptoms stop. And so it kind of fluctuates depending on whether he's asymptomatic or not, but either way, either one of those timelines would have him out against the Bucs Descender.
2: You know, and obviously we know when we get to questions later, a lot of them are going to be about this whole situation. And, and, you know, we're not going to get into the judging. It was a bye week and, and, oh, we're guys out doing this, that, and whatever. You know, we don't know any of those details, and we're not going to get into painting pictures about guys uh, just based on what we think. Just want to get that out there up front that uh, when we, when we start talking more about this, get into questions that we're not, if anybody wants to go down the route of blaming these guys, I mean, it's a pandemic that we're living in and this is kind of the season we signed up for.
3: Yeah. And you have to keep in mind too, like all these guys go home to their families every day. So even if a guy is on his best behavior, potentially somebody in his household that may have picked it up somewhere else and brought it home. So you can't always, I know the Titans have, you know, kind of given that perception anytime, you know, you have a team that has multiple cases, but that's not always the scenario.
1: They have individual penalties they agreed to before. If they find out that you are breaking the protocols and rules, then maybe the individuals get punished?
3: Yeah, there's penalties for everything from unchanged you know, gatherings to things as small as, or it's not really small, obviously, with this scenario, but wearing your, your contact tracers are fine for that as well. So... Yeah, there's kind of built-in penalties that that the NFLPA and and NFL agreed to before the season.
2: You know, and and certainly as, as everybody on the Raiders is getting tested every day, you know, Thursday will be the big day to see if more positive tests come back. You would have to think, obviously, things right now as we talk on Wednesday afternoon are kind of, you know, going forward, preparing for the game. The Raiders are, you know, next man up. If we have to go out there with a whole backup offensive line, we will. But certainly if more positive tests start coming up in the next day or two, you look at all the games lately that have had to be postponed, and uh, you would think if if more of this comes up, that could be a possibility.
3: Yeah, if they're still having, you know, say they have additional positive this week, if it's a situation where they have, you know, tests coming up on Friday or Saturday, then, then you start getting into the territory where the game, you know, may be postponed. Um, even if they do have additional tests um, along with the Brown test, if it's just isolated to that group, let's say they have, you know, just hypothetically speaking, you know, positive test Thursday and then they don't have any for the rest of the week, then they would still go ahead and play. I I had some questions on my story about it today. You know, let's say the entire offensive line is out. Will they postpone the game? Like, no, not necessarily. Um, I don't think it's really dictated off of, you know, if you're starting quarterback or your offensive line or or what type of player gets, you know, put on the list, it's just a matter of do you have an ongoing outbreak? That's what it comes down to. And so if that's not the case, then, then the game will still be on on Sunday.
2: Yeah, we've seen some of that, I think, at the college level where, oh, offensive linemen got it. All, all of them have to go into quarantine. And obviously different things are at play in college where, you know, teams can essentially, especially if it's a non-conference game, can, you know, talk amongst themselves and just say, hey, you know, we're not going to be able to field a team. We're not going to be able to put out a team. We're going to have to cancel that one. So the college protocol where we've seen so many games, you know, cancel, especially non-conference, um, is completely different than what we've got here in the NFL. All right, well, let's get off this topic, even though, of course, it is an important one and we'll really dominate the week until there's more clarity on the whole situation. The Raiders did make a signing that is a a name that, you know, a familiar name, especially to uh, Raiders defensive line coach Rod Marinelli, player that had basically been out of football, David Irving. At one point, the Cowboys essentially told him like, hey, man, we're done with you. Go enjoy smoking weed. That's, that's what you want to do. Um, and he thought he was done with the game. He is back and John Gruden isn't ready to make any kind of commitments as to, you know, what they expect to get out of him as a player, but starts out on the practice squad while he goes through the COVID-19 protocol, Vic, I mean, what can David Irving bring to this Raiders team?
4: Ideally, he brings some juice. I mean, he, like John said, he has a resume. It's outdated, but definitely there's a resume there where he had, I think, in the last 25 games he played, he had 12 sacks, which is really good for this unit. I mean, the Raiders don't have a lot of guys with that kind of history of getting to the quarterback. So I think he's a big guy. I think he's 6'7", 290. I think he's in good shape. I think um, he'll be able to come in pretty quickly. I think knowing Rod Marinelli's system and and they're being familiar with each other and having a good relationship, so and he should be able to the, the play at some point. I think in the next two weeks. So, I think it's a good move. I think um, obviously he, he had to show that he's back on the on the right track. And uh, I mean, I, when you leave the league and you have an Instagram video where you're smoking a blunt, saying you know screw the NFL, you got you got to dial back a little bit if you want to get back in the league. So I'm sure he and Roger Goodell talked it out and they were comfortable with each other and he's in the right frame of mind. So I think he's back and he wants to show that he still can be a impact player. And the Raiders, they get a guy for you know who's out there and didn't have to, they don't have to give up draft pick or make a trade. So it's a, it's a great deal for them and only positives can come out of it.
1: Yeah, I think Irving gives him elite athlete. And that doesn't mean he, he's been an elite player, but he has some production recently when he was playing. But I don't think he ever lived up to his potential, but I think that he can provide some um, pass rush help for this team. And who knows, maybe when he gets into shape, he can, you know, produce more than he he did when he was playing.
3: And he won't play this week, but some other good news for the Raiders is, you know, Carl Nassib returned to practice today after suffering a broken toe against the Chiefs. And Malik Collins, who missed the Chiefs game with a shoulder injury, he was back at practice. And then Mo Hurst, who had been on the, the COVID-19 list and missed the Chiefs game as well, he returned to practice Monday and was there again today. So... Yeah, you know, it's not clear whether Collins and, and Nassib will be back to play on Sunday yet, but they're, you know, potentially getting three pretty important guys back. You know, they're relying on guys like Chris Smith and Dayton Jones in that game, so you would you would assume that getting some of those guys back and then eventually Irvin in the weeks to come, uh the pass rush has a chance to improve here moving forward.
2: Yeah, Nassib had to be a nice surprise I mean, I think we were kind of left with the impression that he would miss at least a few weeks. Yeah, I didn't expect to
3: see him out there. So I was kind of looking around and He's hard to miss, but
2: you know, he didn't have anything
3: on either one of his, I'm not sure which, which toe he broke on, on which foot, but he didn't have any sort of additional you know, wrapping or anything on either one of his feet. and He was moving around pretty
0: normally, so that was, that was pretty shocking to see.
2: We'll be right back after a quick word from our
0: sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
2: But well, let's talk about this matchup with the Bucks. I mean, remember Derek Carr talking about his first day when he moved into Vegas? He opens up the newspaper and there's Tom Brady on the front page. And uh, now Tom Brady will be in Vegas uh, on Sunday night. Carr has had uh has has done really well in his kind of highlight spotlight matchups this year, beating out dueling Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes. Now he gets another chance to face uh, another great quarterback in Tom Brady.
4: He was asked about today, so he didn't care about that kind of stuff, like whether he can outplay Brady, like he outplayed the other two guys. So this year it's all you know the same things we're saying since the offseason, how it's just a different mentality for him. He doesn't care about what people say or. And just wants to win and, and do whatever he can. So I mean, obviously he cares. Obviously he mentioned the thing about Brady being the paper, you know, a while back. So it's obviously on his mind a little bit. But for him, I think you know, just, it's a matter of survival. Now with this O line, if you can't get some of these guys back, then it's not going to matter too much. You know, what what uh, the matchup is is going to be rough. Just survival. So I think um, that's the most important thing because the guys who practiced today, uh, I don't think those guys will be able to handle that uh, that Bucks defense.
1: Yeah, this is like the worst week for you to uh, have all of your, well, it's never good, but this <laughs> might be the worst week to have all your starting offensive linemen out against a Bucks front that just dominated the Green Bay Packers. Probably the most impressive defensive performance of the season so far. If the starting five can't play, then it becomes more about keeping your guys safe than it is about scoring points. I mean, do you want Derek Carr dropping back 20 times with, you know, backup offensive line and protecting him. Do you want Josh Jacobs to run into that front over and over again? It's
2: really going to change the, uh, the whole goal of this game. So Vic, you have from right to left Carzo line of practice today, Sam Young, Patrick Omame, Andre James, John Simpson, and Brandon Parker. I mean, if one or two of those guys has to go in as they've had to throughout the course of this season, you're kind of saying, all right, you know, we can make it work. But I mean, you don't even you just really don't even want to have to think about the idea of playing a game where that's your offensive line.
1: what happens if one of those guys goes down.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I'll be honest. I had forgotten Omame was on the roster, and then, I, and also, I didn't look at his history. I had no idea he played 80 games in the last six years. He's kind of bounced around a little bit, but he's got some experience. And then, like Ted mentioned, the other guys have played a little bit and in, in, in spurts. So, I mean, Carsey knows those guys pretty well, and so he's trying to turn the, you know, the, the make it look not like a horrible situation for him. But it, it is a horrible situation. And So, again, tonight's a big night. They need some of those guys to, to, to you know, test negative, and they can go back to life as normal tomorrow.
3: Yeah, Carr, when we spoke to him today, he, he gave his line, you know, whoever's out there, that's who's out there, and then nobody cares, and you know, the win and loss is all that matters, but I mean, I, I don't think anybody, as much as people get on Derek Carr, like, if, you know, the offensive line isn't out there, I mean, you can't, like, all bets are off for this game, like, like they're going to get demolished up front, going up against his Bucks defense, but, you know, obviously that's not guaranteed to happen, so under this scenario, let's we'll say the other four offensive linemen come back, you know, I think Carr's, at this point, he's proven himself this season, I mean, you know, outdoing, you know, Drew Brees, and you know Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, Josh Allen got the better of him. I mean, of course, he isn't actually going against these opposing quarterbacks. It's just a matter of the perception of him outplaying them in the same game. This probably this is the, the the toughest defense that they've played against this year. I know going into that Saints game, we thought that defense was going to be you know pretty good to elite, and they haven't really played that well this season. So think by far this is going to be their toughest matchup and so if he's able to come out there with half his offensive line or none of his offensive line and have a pretty good game against the Bucks, you know whether they win or lose I think that'll be a good signal for the offense for the rest of the season.
4: If a couple of these old linemen are, are not going to play I mean Carson just said he was you know he was at their house. And I was there with him. <laughs> yeah I got some trace protocols and we got to play Nathan Peterman this week sorry guys I mean no one would be mad at that I think he gets a survival kind of mode. It's a long season, so I think you can...
2: Bring Josh Jacobs along with him. I don't think you want him out there. Oh, well, We all carpooled together to work. A worst case scenario
4: would not be pretty, so I think we're all just hoping that they, uh, these tests come back negative and then we can uh, see a real... It uh, should be a good matchup. I mean, obviously, on paper, the Raiders offense against the uh, the Bucks' defense is, is a great matchup.
2: Obviously, Tampa Bay started off the year a, a, a little rough. Uh, they lost the opener to New Orleans, and that was a game where, just like we saw a week later with Drew Brees, where... Breeze did not look great in that game at all and and yet uh you know he, he was able to pretty easily beat Brady and the Buck but they've been uh been a lot better since and especially I mean their best their best game of the year coming uh Sunday against Green Bay. Green Bay goes in there undefeated, takes an early 10-point lead I think and then bam 38 straight points. Their defense I mean, pick six against Rodgers only Aaron Rodgers third ever pick six thrown which is a pretty insane stat. What they did to Green Bay when Green Bay looked like they were taking early control of that game was uh, mighty impressive.
4: Yeah, I mean they, they definitely blitz well. They got all kinds of pressure from the front. I mean, Dalvin Sue was totally in Aaron Rodgers' head in that game. So uh, it was definitely, if you're the Raiders' coaches watching that tape, it's not it's not a not a pleasant feeling. I'm sure not are not sleeping too well this week because they know that defense could be one of the elite defenses uh, in the NFL.
1: Yeah, one thing that's interesting watching that game was the Packers had more success running inside than they did outside, and they they had a twenty-five yard run right up the middle. They had a couple seven-yard runs up the middle, but they just kept on trying to toss the ball outside, and that just kind of plays into the Buck's strength with their quick linebackers, with Levante David and um, Devin White. So I thought that if the Raiders had a chance in this game, it would be to attack them right up the middle. Um, and they, they aren't as tough without uh, Vita Villa, who's out for the season. Yeah, if the starting five is playing, I, I think the Raiders have a shot at, at running the ball up the middle, kind of like they did um, against the Denver Broncos on, I believe it was Monday night a few years ago, when they had a top-notch run defense as well. That's where you want to attack the, the Bucks, and then you could go play action, deep shots from there. They have bigger corners that are very physical, but I think you could get behind them, especially with Ruggs' speed. You know it's going to be a tough matchup, but I think there are some ways for the Raiders to score on this Bucks defense.
3: Yeah, they really have to get Josh Jacobs going. I know Devonta Booker and he had a pretty good game against the Chiefs, but Jacobs has been, you know, relatively pedestrian for his, you know, normal self the last three games. And you know, if he has another so-so outing, you know, it's kind of hard to see them you know having the same kind of performance that they've been having this season against this defense so i kind of agree with you there i think uh, even though Derek Carr has been lighting it up and i you know i think it's a good idea that for them to continue to push the ball down the field to guys like Ruggs and Alcolore they really need Jacobs to get going in this game
1: if you try to pass too much on this defense Todd Bowles just starts getting into his like wild blitz schemes and they're just really tough to block i mean the packers offensive line is pretty good with communications but they were just having a tough time blocking some of these uh bucks fronts there was a play where they had a sue play middle linebacker and then send him on a blitz that way and you know they just confused the heck out of the the packers so yeah the the line's gonna have to be um whatever line plays they're gonna have to communicate well
2: Yeah, I mean, the Bucs, we know they have that great linebacker core. Uh, Devin White, I don't know if you guys saw his tweet the other day where uh, he kind of teased the Raiders like, yeah, you should have drafted me at number four when they uh, they obviously took, he went to number five right after the Raiders took Cleland Furl. Mino know Gruden was talking about the Bucks linebackers earlier today. You know, For a Raiders team that we thought had really upgraded their linebacker core, I mean, the Bucks have that linebacker group just so locked in. I mean, those guys are so good.
1: One thing I will say is White is extremely good against a run, but he looks lost sometimes in pass coverage. So that's another spot where you can kind of take advantage of this Bucks defense is if Josh Jacobs gets matched up against Devin White in pass coverage, I think Jacobs could win a lot of those matchups.
0: You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. We doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad
2: decisions. Yes!
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters, May 3rd. Read PG 13.
2: All right. Let's take a few questions here. Um, we will start with one from Mash. Uh, he says. Derek Carr, three passes over 20 yards, over or under. I guess that would have to be based on what offensive line is out there, right?
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, if we're optimistic and say these guys all come back, the other four linemen play, I think they take the over. I think they definitely found something last week. They definitely... uh, I think they still want to run the ball like you guys said, but I think they'll attack the ball a little bit down the field. So I think three is a good number.
1: Let's be positive and answer these questions, assuming that the starting offensive line is gonna play since we uh we've been criticized for
2: not being positive enough before. We'll assume all, but Trent Brown will be out there. So are you saying three completions or three attempts? Three passes, so I I, I would I guess that would be three attempts. I mean Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you got Henry, if Henry Ruggs is active on your roster, you better attempt more than three passes over 20 yards. All right, Max M, with the trade deadline approaching, are the Raiders active on the phones or are they happy with where they're at? I don't think any NFL team is ever exactly happy with where it's at.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, of course they have spots where they could improve. I think even with the Irving sign and they could use some more pass rush help. And then, um, you know, in the secondary, the big... Problem position has been free safety. Eric Harris has had a pretty rough year. Um, Jeff, Jeff Heath played pretty well last game, so we'll see if he plays more, even maybe takes over a starting role this week. But I wrote my story earlier this week. I, I think even though they're not great at every position, I think it's not the worst thing in the world that they stand at at the trade deadline. You know, maybe you seek out, um, I think they have a little bit under $7 million in cash base right now. You know, any issues that you feel like you have to address immediately, just try to do that through free agency instead of, you know, giving up a young player or any future assets to to make a move now. You know, obviously they're in the playoff hunt. And you want to, you always want to try to improve, but I don't think they're they're pressed in any way to you know take a swing at offenses that they trade trading
4: on. So I'm just not sure what they have the the, the offer. I mean, I, don't, I mean I know they've they've traded some draft picks in the last few years, and then they traded one this year, the fourth to. uh Miami for McMillan it didn't really pan out so I'm not sure draft picks are really there to be dealt and then as far as players you, I mean who, who they're going to trade they're going to trade Foster Moreau? I don't see that happening and I mean I, I I could see some teams wanting a veteran like Nelson Aguilar no I'm just kidding uh, but uh, yeah I don't think there's guys out there who are really um, people want off the Raiders roster for uh, in, in trade so I think I sp- suspect they're going to stand pat but. With Gruden, it always depends on which name comes up. Like he apparently made a call about Le'Veon Bell last week because he likes Le'Veon Bell. So if the name is attractive enough to him, then they might jump
2: in. Question from Ross B. It appears to me that Mohurst is our best three technique and that he is getting fewer snaps than he should be. Obviously, he had been out the last game on the COVID-19 reserve list. Am I wrong? If not, is it scheme related, his heart condition, his play, or do the coaches just not like him? <laughs> <They don't-
4: laughs> they just not like him it's personal
2: they're ohio state fans i think they're so invested in malik collins that you know that's the guy that they expected to lean on but certainly i think mo hurst you know looked like he was maybe their, you know definitely their best interior defensive lineman uh, the first few games when he was out there yeah he was out playing
3: through the first four games no doubt um I just think, like you said, I mean, you can't call Collins the key to the entire defense and then <laughs> bench him after four or five games. I don't, I don't know if this this reader is even necessarily saying bench him, but I do think they would be well served to to play Hurst more often. You know, even if he takes some of Hankins' snaps, you know, just giving him more of an opportunity, given how well that he played out there those first four games of the season, would, would probably be a good move.
2: All right, two more questions. One uh, zeroed in on this game, and then one bigger picture. We'll start with this one from Jaden D. Question for Ted. How do the Raiders match up this week against Tampa's defense? Tampa defense looks extremely fast and better suited for zone schemes. Do you think the Raiders will be able to run right at them and not sideline to sideline?
1: Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I, I thought Green Bay had some success running right up the middle against them and they went away from it and tried to toss the ball outside. And When you're trying to get outside against that type of speed on the second level, it's just not a good idea. And We saw Levante David and Devin White just punish those running backs over and over again on the sidelines. Tampa Bay Buccaneers they have a really good run defense, but I think you can get some yards to get against them right up the middle, run the ball right at Devin White, run the ball right at Levante David, and then play action from there from a condensed formations. try to get Henry Ruggs off of press coverage like they have been, putting him in motion and putting him in stack alignments, trying to get him behind those bigger physical corners. So I think that's what you want to do and take advantage of Devin White in a passing game. If you could get Darren Waller or Josh Jacobs matched up against him, I think you could get some yardage that way too.
2: All right, final question here from Garrett H. If you were a GM of a new NFL franchise, let's maybe say that there's an expansion draft or something like that, which three players from the Raiders would you target? Interested in hearing your opinions on which... Las Vegas players are the most intriguing for other GMs around the league. Uh, Garrett would go with Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and Trayvon Mullen. How about you guys? Three players that you could, if you were starting a new franchise, you would pluck off the Raiders.
4: But usually, expansion drafts you get to protect the twenty-five guys. So we're saying this one, this, this team comes in.
2: I, I think you're just yeah, you're plucking three.
4: Any three. I'd probably go with, I mean, Bruce Arians today mentioned uh, that the Raiders have a, a big three that's really emerging quickly. And he said, you know, um, Rugs, Jacobs, and Waller. That'd probably be my three. I think those three guys are very young, still scratching the surface, and they'll could all be big-time game breakers.
2: Yeah, I mean, hard to disagree. I mean, especially Waller, Jacobs. Um, I mean, those seem like no-brainers to me. I mean, Ruggs um, probably want to see a little bit more. I mean, I, w- I would consider... Uh, I I'd certainly consider Colton Miller as uh, as one of those guys, a young offensive tackle that looks like he's gonna be a, a franchise left tackle for you. So he would be the one other guy I might consider in there. I mean and Trayvon Mullen is not a not a bad pick. Um he's defensively not a not a ton of options. You might you know, maybe somebody like you know, you might look at Max Crosby as well, but Mullen might be the best option there on defense.
1: I'd probably i probably go Miller, Mullins, and and Waller.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going Waller, Rodney Hudson, uh,
4: and Mullen. The Jacobs disrespect is real. Wow, Josh Jacobs.
3: Woo! Hudson's up there, but, like, if we're trying to win now, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're trying to do, like, a a Golden Knights go to the Super Bowl in our first year. Give me some, uh, some Pro Bowl caliber players. Can't go all, you know, potential.
2: Hey, man, like Derek Carr said, he's done the Pro Bowl thing. He's done the numbers thing. All right, well... How do we want to handle predictions this week?
1: We're assuming
2: they're playing. Our producer, Brian, lets us know that uh, you know, the game is coming off the board at several local sports books, And I think as we talk here again Wednesday afternoon, I don't know that we can make predictions, not knowing if the Raiders are going to have a, a starting offensive line or not. I mean, again, we, we know, I think, that Trent Brown won't be able to play, but the other four guys, uh, that, that kind of impacts how we view this game just a little bit.
4: Well, let's ask this question. So let's assume the four guys are back, the four O linemen. Would any of you guys pick the Raiders to win the game on Sunday?
2: I was planning to pick them. You know, I picked them to, to lose against the Saints and lose against the Chiefs. And they've, you know, those two games, they've shown an ability to rise up against a tough opponent and, and play their best game and win. So I was planning to pick them this week. But certainly this situation changes it.
3: I think because I've picked the, the Raiders to lose like four times in a row. So I was kind of due to pick them, but I just think stick against this, this Bucks defense. Like the Trent Brown, like getting him back, you saw such a difference against the Chiefs. And especially, you know, even though Josh Jacobs didn't get going, that, that long run that Booker had just right behind Brown. And even in the past, pass protection, uh, he's just excellent. I think, you know, going up against his Bucks front and the way that they've looked, even if the other guys are there, you know, I think it's going to be a close game either way. But I, I think the Bucks probably come out with the victory.
1: Yeah, I was going to choose the Raiders if Brown played, because I think Brown would be be able to handle any of the Bucs pass rushers um, one-on-one. Without him, they're going to have to keep Jacobs in to pass block a lot, and I think they need him to go out in routes and take advantage of some of those linebacker matchups. And I also think it's a distraction, too. You need all five starting linemen to communicate at a high level against this type of defense, and... You know, right now they're not practicing, and I think that's going to be a major issue. So I'm going to have to pick Bucks.
4: Yeah, that's probably going to be a negative net either way and pick the Bucks. I think uh, I'm not sure, I'm still not sure what happened in Kansas City as far as the Stars aligning, the and the defense playing that well. I'm not sure that could be done again. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't have any faith, I, I apologize. But I think the Bucks are too good in terms of uh, too many weapons at receiver. Jones is running the ball well. Gronk now is back in, in the, mix at the big game last week. There's too many guys, I think, for the Raiders to handle. Uh, on defense so i was gonna pick the bucks either way to win by seven or, or ten
2: points vic tafer how did this mysterious raiders defense play well i don't know
4: <laughs> i'll be honest and i watched i watched the film i talked to people i know what everyone says but is that gonna happen again i i, I don't know
2: they've set a standard they can they can meet that level again they, they slow down patrick mahomes they can slow down anybody
1: well, they were, like, at the bottom of the league as far as, like, pressures. And after that Kansas City game, it somehow boosted them to, like, kind of the middle of the pack. So that's how big of an anomaly that game was.
2: Small sample size, five games. Come on.
4: My favorite was, you, know, you heard all the national guys, like, oh, it's a shame the Raiders have a bye week because they've been hot. And they weren't hot. They were lost two in a row before that game. They they played really well, but it wasn't like there was some, like, dynamo that was rolling that, oh, the bye week just kills us. So, I mean, the defense, to me, still has a lot of issues. So I just can't. I can't pick him against a good offense again at, at this point.
2: All right. Well, we will hope for good news over the course of this week and that the Raiders can be out there at, at close to 100% on Sunday. I mean, it sets up for a fun game. Obviously, one of those games that if there were fans in the stands would have been uh, the most highly and among the most highly anticipated games uh, on the schedule. But either way, we just hope that the Raiders are healthy. We hope all those guys are, are okay. We hope Trent Brown's okay. And we hope that the Raiders are able to uh, – play this game on Sunday night against the Buccaneers.
1: All right, talk See to you guys later. Hey guys. Adios.